Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast where I, your host Natasha Chandel, and some cool guests break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? This is uh, part of our three-part series. It is on addiction and codependency. Are you in this kind of a tug-of-war relationship? Let's find out. Hey, hey, guys, you're listening to Kinda Dating. Uh, hey, remember, follow us on socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Kinda Dating. There's lots of articles, behind-the-scenes stuff, lots of goodies there. Um, also, check out some of our other shows on the Meltdown Network, like uh, On Some Hip Hop Shit uh, with Brandon. Uh, it's a great one, so check that out. Uh, this is part of our three-part series. Um, this is a deep one. It's a heavy one. But uh, it's also something I personally have gone through uh, on more than one occasion uh, because I am one of these two things. It's on addiction and codependency. And uh, I want to introduce our guest who has uh, been with us for a while now talking uh, about red flags before. And now we are talking about this is Dr. Eris Humer. She's internationally sought out relationship counselor, author and speaker who has broken down the psychology on sex, love, breakups, divorce and other human behaviors on shows like HLN's Dr. Drew on Call, Nancy Grace, Extra, Kiss FM with Ryan Seacrest and so much more. She's also the star of Bravo TV's L.A. Shrinks and author of Breakup Emergency, a guide to transform your break up into a breakthrough. And she's also, if it's not enough, the CEO and founder of D- Divorce Doctor and Second Chances International, Inc. Hey. Hi, Eris. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. We're so happy you're here and uh, really getting into all of these, like, Nitty-gritty topics. I love talking about relationships. Yeah. As you know from the last one, I, I can talk and talk No, and, talk and, and, and you're talk. so good at it, and, like, it's just really great advice. You know, I'm literally so passionate about helping as many people mm-hmm. in their relationship stuff as I can. Like, I, yeah. li- it's like I'm so yeah. passionate about it. Like, I love it. And we're grateful because, uh, like— I mean, kind of dating is literally all about that. Yeah. Well, and I'm grateful because, yeah. you know, relationships are complex. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not easy. I've been in mine for almost 13 years yeah. and it all they all take work. Yeah. Um, and you were talking about that, too, before, which is uh, great to, to know that, you know, even experts like yourself put in the work. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to. Yeah. Everybody does for it to work. Right. Um, Today's topic is uh, addiction and codependency, and I had said that I was one of the two, so I am an admitted codependent, Um, and I figured this out after I realized, and I looked back, and I realized I've actually been with three addicts. Mm -hmm. I've been with a an an alcoholic and two sex addicts, Mm -hmm. and uh, and that was hard. I was like, "What the fuck? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What are my chances?" Um, Not all, you know serious relationships, but whatever. Uh, and I, I I wanted to talk about this because uh, now as, as somebody with some more awareness on this topic, I see it. I can like spot it now because before I had no idea. And uh, I just didn't even understand. I mean, besides, the, you know, we can understand addiction to some degree, but codependency, not at all. Now I can spot a codependent. And yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. I see you. Yeah. Well, there's so many varying do. degrees in both addiction mm-hmm. and codependency. I used to say the same thing about myself. I could literally be in a football field of all sober people, and the one addict was the one I was going to be attracted to. <laughs> like, yeah. And the one person that I was going to save or be with. Yep. You know? And so I understand. Mm-hmm. I get it. So explain it. Can you explain addiction a little bit? Because, uh, like, what what's the difference, especially between addiction and just, like, overindulging a little bit? Well, overindulging is I'm going out. I'm having a good time Mm -hmm. every once in a while, and I can stop. It's Mm -hmm. not a repetitive behavior or pattern. Addiction is something that takes me over, that I don't have any control of, that Mm -hmm. affects my life. It affects the people around Mm -hmm. me. It's 
negative behaviors. It's Mm -hmm. I'm having certain anxieties in my life or depression or sadness or troubles and issues. And I decide that I am going to escape in Mm -hmm. a behavior that is not healthy. Mm -hmm. So it can be with anything. It can be food. It can be alcohol. It can be drugs. It can be shopping. It can be gambling, sex. sex. So, you know, there's varying degrees, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely when somebody's escaping it and it starts escaping something, not looking at it, it takes control of their lives. Mm -hmm. It takes over. It becomes bigger than them Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it takes over and it affects their relationships around them. And um, and those are like, I feel like, some of the people I dated that especially the, the there were two there was somebody else that I dated that I know was an alcoholic. Um, the two that I dated that were on the alcohol spectrum of addiction, it was interesting because uh, they didn't they didn't have like the classic, you know, they were failing at all these other parts in their lives. Mm-hmm. It's just literally everybody around them, even to this day is like, God damn, you drink just too much. Yeah. It's yeah. just not even healthy. But then yeah. there were other acting out behaviors. It's yeah. like their finances and things were fine. But like the one that, you know, I, I talk about that I, I was in a four year relationship as a love of my life, had, you know, couldn't stop drinking to a point. And yes, anyways, I'm sensitive to some of these things. But when it was so much, and I remember just being like, I'm not telling you to stop drinking. I'm just saying cut back a little, just mm-hmm. a little, like, at the end of the night, stop at this. And it wasn't even because he was like lying on the floor, but it would be like fights. Fights would break out because mm-hmm. he was getting so drunk. And mm-hmm. if somebody happened to look my way, it would be a giant fight. Yeah. And and it would be like three in the morning sitting with his boys in some warehouse, just pounding bottles on bottles. Yeah. I just didn't find it normal. No, that's not normal. And I was like, and then. Did he get defensive about it when you would bring it up? Or He just said he literally would just tell me. I just like drinking. Yeah, yeah. And then I couldn't. And I was like, well, then I don't know how to help somebody. Because yeah. I'm like, and my thing was, I just don't want to be with somebody who's going to die at 60. Because mm-hmm. you're going to have a heart attack and die. Well, not only that, if you're with somebody who likes drinking that much and won't acknowledge it, it you can't be in a relationship with them. Yes. And then also, I mean, there's varying degrees of addiction. Yeah. You know, so, I mean... We're not going to talk too much about like mm-hmm. addiction, but relationships and yeah, addiction yeah. and what to watch out for. These are definitely things mm-hmm. to watch out for. And if you have somebody who is an addict and whatever kind of addiction they're into, then you really want to ask yourself if you want to continue to say because you cannot save the addiction. The addiction will ultimately win. Yes. Love cannot conquer all and it cannot conquer the addiction. Mm-hmm. And Another thing I think you need to know is that just because the addiction is bigger than them, it doesn't mean that they don't love you. Mm -hmm. They just don't love themselves enough to face the difficulties it's going – the difficulty it's really going to take to get through the addiction and choose, like, I need to look at myself and stop. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people don't even really need to hit a big bottom you know, and they realize, man, I need to get clean. I don't want to continue this way of living. And they get clean. And yeah. you see that, you know, a lot. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a lot of people just, there's a lot of relapses. There's a lot of like non-acknowledgement. It's uh-huh. like a forever thing. Yep. And for some people, it it is a progressive, they call it a disease, you know, so it's something that will continue to get worse over time. Because the stressors in life get worse over time too, right? That and like if they're an alcoholic, you know, it might start in their 20s at a certain Mm -hmm. level, but then it will get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then the other thing you need to realize is that it's not just the acting out behavior, no matter what it is. If they're not looking at why that behavior is even happening, like those behaviors are going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like a, that's a tough one. Addiction is really, really, really tough journey to get on with somebody. It's you very know? difficult. And as somebody who's tried several times in different ways with people, there just comes a point where you're just like, it's not in my hands. If you can't help yourself 
I can't like my mom always told me something. She's like when I was young, she goes, you can take a horse to the river, but you can't make it drink drink, water. Right. right. And you can't you can't make them, you know, not drink their water. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, and you can't make them stop, you know, and they're not going to do it for you, Mm -hmm. you know, for it to be successful. They'll have to want to do it for themselves. And there are a lot of amazing, clean, sober people that I know. Oh, yeah. That have chosen to realize yeah. that this addiction is much bigger than me yeah. and I can't engage, you know, but it's a big, big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, one of our guests, um, one of our first guests, uh, she's a social media influencer, Laura Clary, and mm-hmm. she's pretty open about it that mm-hmm. she used to. She felt like she had a problem and she became sober and she's been sober, her and her husband. And, you know, she's like a hardcore advocate of it, Mm -hmm. of just, you know, Mm -hmm. seeking sobriety. Mm -hmm. And it is what you said. It's a lifelong process. Mm -hmm. Um, What are some of the – like what are – But there are varying degrees and I do want to say. Yeah, yeah. um, So for some – and everybody's different, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's all different ways where you can battle, you know, battle this and get over it and get through it. And I don't believe in a one size fits all formula because everybody is different and people have different beliefs, right? For some people, they might be acting out in certain behaviors because they have some dark issues that Mm -hmm. they haven't faced within themselves. And once they faced it, they might be able to become social, Mm -hmm. you know, drinkers again or Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, maybe – not always, mm-hmm. though, you know, but some people are. Yeah. It's the red flags of realizing like, oh, I, you know, I wish I could just be a social drinker or or when they go through the phases of I'm only going to drink beer or I'm only mm-hmm. going to drink wine. I'm not going to drink, you know, and then they're like flirting with that or, yep. you know, they just I just want to have one drink like that. The drinking and the act of doing whatever addictive thing that they're mm-hmm. into is that big that they that they think about it so much, All the time. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. right. For me, I don't ever think about drinking. Neither I don't even do I. care if I go out with friends and people are drinking or not drinking like I couldn't care less. Yeah. But, you know, some people it's like their lives are around mm-hmm. whatever addictive behavior mm-hmm. they're in. And that is something that's very mm-hmm. difficult to untangle. So we did an episode on red flags, and I think that addictive behaviors is a really big red flag that yeah. you just want to look at because mm-hmm. it is a lifelong journey. I mean, mm-hmm. I've worked with so many addicts in my career, yeah. like endless amounts of addicts. And I've been with many, very many addicts, yeah. and I know a lot of addicts personally, you know. And so there are varying degrees. Yeah. But, you know, it's like a choice that you would have to make for yourself. Yeah. And what are some of the problems of of dating people who are in or who have addictive personalities that are that are wrapped up in their addiction yeah. i mean there's no trust like i like when you this is like codependence usually will date an addict right mm-hmm. so you and what you, what is codependence this is something that i now know what it is but i want to explain to people because just the word itself to be honest is slightly misleading mm-hmm. one of my exes who was an addict said to me i think you're codependent and i was like don't fucking tell me that I'm. Co- I didn't know what the word meant. That's a codependent thing, right there. Like, yeah, like the denial of ever wanting to look but at. But I themselves. also just didn't even know right. what it meant. I thought that it meant that I was dependent on another person, right. and I was like, right. I'm very independent. Yeah. Don't tell me I need right. you. I don't need you for anything. Yeah, the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Right. And then, like, once we broke up, all the. I like got I got the book codependent no more. Right, and Melody like, Oh my god, mm-hmm. literally bawling, bawling, mm-hmm. bawling, bawling mm-hmm. through it. Like that's me. Yeah, and a lot of codependents read that codependent no more and get very angry that they would even have any of those characteristics. So you yeah. must have read it at the right time. Yeah, no, I was bawling. I wasn't even. I was bawling. I felt overwhelmed to be mm-hmm. honest with you because it is also like a problem that I have to work through every single day and not make justifications and not totally give, you know, um, 
give all of yeah, yourself all of my, set, yeah. setting boundaries and just you know I've always get, been really trying to fix people you know yeah. trying to be like oh you know I just see the best in people they can be okay I'm always like well let's just talk it out let's, let's like maybe yeah. and my friends are like no there are times that you could walk away and yeah. I'm like well just give somebody a chance what if yeah. they need a chance to yeah. like improve and then they're like stop and so this I think ties into like codependents are very attracted to addicts because yeah. you see the best in them oh yeah but if they don't see the best in themselves they won't achieve that completely <laughs> you know and so, so for the so most what part what is codependency so it's when it's a very very deep thing and there's also yeah, love so. addiction and codependency oh, yeah. right mm-hmm. so it's when you're not taking care of yourself you don't put yourself first you put other people before yourself mm-hmm. um you know i actually have a whole list of yeah, characteristics yeah. here um, please, that, please you know and then i also i actually have a questionnaire that i give people <gasps> yeah. on if they are love addicts yeah can we you know yeah, and we, we, read we that could if, actually yeah. go over that but yeah um you know when you're not taking care of yourself and you're taking care of everybody else you're not putting your needs first you're not setting boundaries you get really agitated and angry at other people's behaviors you're not looking at yourself Mm -hmm. you know and And you know how like mine is so ingrained in me and this isn't even with a partner when I was a kid in elementary school my parents stopped giving me lunch money because I always gave my lunch money away Hmm. every day every single day I didn't eat who did you give this lunch money to anybody said to me Hey, Tash, I'm really hungry. Can I have a dollar? I'd be like, here you go. And, like, I didn't eat, but I would give it away. And then there came a point when I was in sixth grade that my teacher took my parents during a parent-teacher interview. He's, like, she's an honor student. She's, like, I don't have any complaints about her. But I got to tell you one thing. She's, like, everybody's grandma. Right. Because I would literally give my food away to people. Right. And he'd be, like, what? So my parents stopped giving me money, and I wasn't, (laughs) you know, because I just— And even now I have a hard time if somebody is, like— I, you know, uh, it kind of falls, but also being like a bit of an empath, but yeah. like, I just have this thing of just, you're I'll, yeah, you'll put, you'll, I'll put myself in a really shitty position, but I will make sure you're taken care right, of. Right, right. And, and there's varying degrees of that because yeah. sometimes it gets really bad, mm-hmm. you know, and then when you do that and then you become resentful. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of, I've totally right, been that know? too. Yeah. So no, I, me too. Yeah. I, I, I have varying degrees of that myself, yeah. you know, and so always wanting to go in and fix everybody mm-hmm. else and then becoming regretful I yeah. mean, resentful yeah and so that's very codependent behavior mm-hmm. you know but I've also found like because of dating you know several addicts in different ways it's such a it's it's so um it's such a torture-filled sort of relationship once you find once the addiction does come to light because I do feel like people hide it really well and they hide it nowadays for a longer period of time and you know, when you're dating and stuff like that, in those, like you said, there's these la-la land phases. Nobody reveals it usually during then. Like when, at one point, I was completely blindsided with one. I was like, what What the fuck? What? Mm-hmm. Like, I had no idea. And um, and it just started creeping, like just creeping here and there. And, and that one person had like, you know alcohol and sex Mm -hmm. sort of in there it just had a just literally an addictive personality Mm -hmm. but it's like um dealing with those people it feels very distressing well because they're distressed because Mm -hmm. people aren't going like addicts aren't you know, all bad people, no, you know, they course, just, yeah. they, they might have a lot of distressed situations mm-hmm. as to why they're trying to escape yeah. by engaging in these types of behaviors. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is a dark journey. And anybody who's engaging deeply into any sort of addictive behaviors, you know, it's not like you're coming together with somebody who's, you know, not got a lot of baggage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've got a lot of issues and mm-hmm. that's why they're acting out, you know? Yeah. And so, and then the person who's codependent and trying to fix them also isn't in a super great place themselves because you're there trying to fix it and you've got your own anxiety and things that you're dealing Mm -hmm. with instead of just taking care of yourself Mm -hmm. and saying, hey, look, like, I don't want to be, I like you a lot. I love you, whatever, but what you're doing right now isn't okay and I don't want to be in this kind of relationship. So either you get your shit together or I'm out. And, you know. And it's interesting because even codependency is sort of a form, and you tell me, it feels like sort of a form of an addiction in itself, which is like, you know, where, example, if um, 
the one that that really uh, stuck out to me when I was reading some of the list was an obsession with uh, not being right. Like an a, a, like an obsession that I might be making a mistake, mm-hmm. and I know where it stems from. It stems from when I was a kid. I made a mistake. My dad like harped me for it for like ten years of my life, like a tiny mistake I made when I was ten years old. So I became very obsessed with like. But don't making make a mistake meaning if I leave them, it might make a mistake, like, or what I'm t- if I'm telling I, them doing, they're wrong. Am I doing the right thing? Is this even right? Am I? Is this behavior something yeah. that's even yeah. something I should be worried about? Maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe yeah. I'm nitpicking. Well, that's Maybe a it's, big thing when you're in an addictive relationship because yeah. they also make you feel like you're yeah. exaggerating and you're not yeah. you know they're fine and yeah. this is all about you yes and so then you stay and yeah. then you're second guessing mm-hmm. yourself like okay maybe I am exaggerating maybe it's mm-hmm. you know maybe it's not that big of a yeah. deal so it's a very being in a relationship with an addict no matter what addiction they're in is not a comfortable place to be it's not safe (laughs) no it's definitely not safe it's definitely feels like you know you're in sinking in quicksand Mm -hmm. or sinking ship or whatever Mm -hmm. it's not a stable sort of feeling Mm -hmm. you know it's an addiction is like one of the number red flags yeah and it is a very manipulative kind of thing too because I remember I do actually tend to ask people right away I'm like how much do you smoke how much do you drink just to and know they from, lie. and they always lie. If they're addicts, they definitely exactly. if they're actively engaging in their addiction, mm-hmm. they lie. Is it a red flag for somebody who's sober? No, no, yeah. I don't think so. I mean, you have to know that a, there's you know a huge percentage mm-hmm. of people that relapse. Yep. You know, so you have to really look at the person, and that cannot be that might not be a fun journey yep. to be on. Yep. So, yeah, it's 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 a tough road. And and I give the choose. example that I remember when I when I asked somebody I dated, you know, how much do you smoke a drink? He said, once in a blue moon. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And for a while, it was once in a blue moon. Around you. Exactly. <laughs> and then it started being every day. And mm-hmm. then it started being smoking multiple times a week. And then it started being and – I, and I asked. And I was like, hey, is everything okay? Because it's, your behavior is changing. So making sure – is something up? It's like, no. And it turned into like I was um, – that, like, I just didn't, I couldn't even handle that, like, the person wanted to have one drink a day. I'm like, no, it's just out of your character so far that I know. Mm-hmm. You hit it for a while, and now it's coming out. So it's, I'm kind of like, which one? And again, they make you think you're the problem. And, mm-hmm. of course, I was right. And yeah. I was like, and there it is. That yeah. Eventually, the behavior got out of hand. Yeah. They started acting out. They did things. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. And, by the way, if there are any addicts listening yeah. like there is help like it doesn't because ha- it's it's really difficult like it's very scary thing to be in that sort of addictive like black mm-hmm. hole where mm-hmm. you feel like you can't get out yeah and there's so much help and there's so many ways and roads and journeys you know many journeys to get through it and then life is so much better on the other side it feels like it, it will be a very scary like mountain to climb, but it doesn't have to be that yeah. way. There are roads that are a lot easier and life is so much better once you get so through. Much better. But you just have to, you know, address those things within yeah. you um, that of why the behavior is there in the first place. And there's always reasons why. That there's was always my next reasons question. why. Is it usually like, childhood issues? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, is it usually rooted mm-hmm. in trauma? Yeah. Well, yeah, different varying degrees Very, of yeah. trauma yeah. and hereditary, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a question. No, no, no. She- oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought one of the producers yeah. was asking a question. Varying degrees of, you know, of childhood issues. Yeah. Some are. You know, a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. Some people are addicts. Their parents are addicts. It's exactly. a hereditary yes. thing. Yeah. So it like it falls in yeah. the family's myth of what's going on. So. I have, uh, again, in my experience with all of them, uh, every one of them had some serious childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, but three- trauma, by the way, doesn't necessarily mean like you were abused yes. because it can be and that's but why I you're will drinking admit and escaping. That were, and of the guys, three out of four were had some form of sexual abuse mm-hmm. that they'd never revealed to anybody else. Yeah, and so that's and, you know, it, and, and that, that can really fall into the sex exactly. as well. But so in two, any sort of two turned into sex yeah, addicts yeah. because 
one one was raped when he was 10 years old mm-hmm. one um was taken advantage of by a male in his mm-hmm. teens mm-hmm. and so he thought he was confused by it mm-hmm. and one was um uh oh had blocked it out completely mm-hmm. that he had been abused at a at daycare and oh. had blocked it out yeah. and it's like until later in his life it started popping back Mm -hmm. up in dreams and things Mm -hmm. like that and it Mm -hmm. was like oh shit this happened to me and i think was like covered so you don't know the coping mechanism yeah yeah of course yeah and you're stunted of course there's no you don't know a coping mechanism other than this Mm -hmm. is temporarily going to make me feel better even though when i wake up in the morning i'm going to feel like shit because i feel bad that i'm even engaging in this they feel horrible Mm -hmm. so yeah you know therapeutic road is the best thing to get and it through seems it so and overwhelming in, in the beginning to even exp- talk about the things that, especially for men to to reveal these things happen to them you know for some reason it's even it's obviously more uh it's harder than for even girls to come and say hey i had this happen to mm-hmm, me mm-hmm. um maybe because men feel like they're supposed to be strong but it's like you were a kid mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you that's mm-hmm. not the you know you mm-hmm. weren't supposed to have it all together yeah. at that point you yeah. weren't supposed to be the big tough guy you were yeah. a kid yeah well women and too though they have a lot of shame yeah, and embarrassment completely. or any kind of abuse like that mm-hmm. is there's mm-hmm. a lot of shame around um, it which is really hard so what drugs and alcohol and any sort of addictive behavior does is it helps relieve the stress in yeah. the moment mm-hmm. you know and then it just becomes a chronic mm-hmm. thing and just doesn't get any better so dating an addict not a good idea yeah at all you cannot fix the person mm-hmm. i highly suggest you know taking a break until they decide to work on themselves yeah. and then maybe they go on a journey of healing themselves for a year and if it's meant to be it will be totally you know or a year you know just like let them be sober for a while um, before you engage again in the relationship Mm -hmm. and you know everybody's different yeah yeah. every addict is different but I I also wanted to ask the trauma question because uh, as a codependent sometimes that's your justification there's always a justification right. for but the it's, codependent, and it's a big one. The broken birds. I mean, you yeah. want to fix. You yeah. feel so much empathy. Yeah. You know, you want to be there for them. You understand. Mm-hmm. But it took me personally a long time, and when I finally, when it came to a really, really abusive relationship, I had to stop, and I had to be like, it doesn't justify the way you're acting and the way you're treating me and the way this relationship, it just does not justify it. I am mm-hmm. sorry for what you went through, but it doesn't make it okay. There comes that- a point in time when every ch- every child is a victim yes. of that sort of experience but there does come a point in time in adulthood where you have to take responsibility of your behaviors mm-hmm. of how you're treating yourself and others in this world yeah. and it, it you're, you're still victimized but if you continue to act like a victim throughout your life you're going to feel like a losing you're in a losing battle yeah. you know cuz um, the you know yeah these sorts of substances or whatever you're engaging in isn't going to make your life any better. Mm-hmm. It's going to make it worse. It's a very dark place to be in. Yeah, you know yeah. if you experience any sort of trauma, I mean life is difficult. And now we also have all you know all of these pharmaceutical drugs that mm-hmm. people are taking that are much easier to hide mm-hmm. to escape the pain. Yeah. You know, but these are also things that people are becoming yeah. addicted to, yeah. you know, and you need to watch out for in relationships. And in your experience of, of working with addicts, what has been the biggest reason that they don't seek help? I don't have a problem. I can do it on my own. I could do it on my own is a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really don't want to do the work because it's going to take too long. Yes. And it's too scary. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, it's just yeah. what it is. Yeah. It's too scary. Yeah. And what what do you tell those people? 
oh gosh, you know, that they, want, they can't do it alone. <laughs> I mean, it's well, first of all, can't. none of us live on an island all by ourselves. Yeah. None of us can do anything alone. Yeah, that's so right. True. I yeah. mean, no matter what, yeah. right? So we all need help. Yeah, and. I mean, their life isn't going to get any better. Yeah. I mean, if you're already feeling like shit and you now, and that it's already like, continues to get like sh- feel yeah. like shit, do they, they feel they like do? shit. I mean, don't you? Didn't the men you were dating? Yeah, like, I they think felt so. But really I feel bad. like on the times that they felt their highs, they felt really high and didn't give a fuck because but they then were they in felt the addiction low phase, and, they and felt then guilt. they felt so low. Yeah. And it was like, I don't know what but to do. There's no stability yes. in that. Yeah. People have to get to a point to where they want to be work on themselves. I mean, I work with people also who continue to be in their addictive Mm -hmm. patterns until they decide, you know, it's time. And it's usually because they've, they, something major happened that, that they felt like they needed to now seek help. A a lot of times it's because something major happened. I mean, Mm -hmm. any kind of insecure attachment in childhood, Mm -hmm. you know, some sort of something and it might not that might not feel traumatic even like a divorce your Mm -hmm. parents got divorced and they fought and you know I mean not everybody who's an addict has something like hardcore traumatic like what you were explaining you know abuse or something like that that has happened but something happened to where I don't have a secure sense of self and I feel the need to continue to engage yeah. in this kind of behavior. And like I didn't develop any other coping technique and this is the and thing this is that the helps thing. me feel good. Exactly. But I mean like did they come seek help because they uh, lost their wife? They, You know what I mean? Like they lost their – they're now getting a divorce. They um, are seeking help because they got exposed. Are they seeking help because they're now in a hundred and fifty thousand dollar debt and can't? You know, is that usually the time? That These are bottoms. Come? Yeah, I would say a bigger majority, a larger majority of times, yes. And then yeah. there are people who, I mean, I have a client who, who recently discovered. You know, she came to me and you know just about relationship issues yeah. and amazing person, really successful and have been seeing, you know, she's been seeing me for a long time. And then just recently said, you know, I think I have an issue with alcohol. I'm like, no shit. Oh, you know, wow. I mean, I see that, but yeah. it's not like it's really been, you know, obvious mm-hmm. in your life. And she hasn't hit any sort of bottom and she didn't have much trauma in her mm-hmm. life, but her parents are alcoholics, mm-hmm. you know, That's and, true. you know, it, it's pretty much so hereditary. Yeah. It's in her genetic. Yeah. Makeup. Yeah. You know, and so, th- like I said, there's varying degrees. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, addiction is a huge industry on its own. You yeah, know? It is. And yeah. So. I say it because I hope the people who are listening out there who might um, maybe be uh, fighting some addiction is to know, like you said, you're not a bad person, but you can't do it alone. And don't wait to hit rock bottom. Just don't wait because then you're not only hurting yourself, but you're likely hurting somebody else yeah. really badly at that point. Yeah. And and you never know. It could be a life you're taking. It could be, you know, because some people end up, you know, if you're an alcoholic, drunk driving, driving and like just whatever it is. Again, gambling, like you could be losing everything you own. Don't wait for it to get that far mm-hmm. before you seek help, which is just like short-term pain mm-hmm. for long-term gain. You'll mm-hmm. feel like weird and crazy and cathartic for a while and then you'll feel amazing after. Yeah, yeah. But it's difficult to just face it. Yeah. And people have a love affair yeah. with whatever they're addicted to. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I used to be a smoker. I used to smoke a pack of cigarettes a day yeah. long time ago. And I don't know, for like 15 years. And I was in love with smoking. Mm-hmm. You know, that was my passion, yeah. you know, are were these cigarettes. Yeah. And to let it go was very difficult yeah. for me, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I spent years of quitting for three months, starting again, quitting for yeah. six months, starting again, you know, mm-hmm. starting, stopping, starting, stopping, you know, then, you know, stopping and then going in trash cans and looking for cigarette butts. I mean, addiction is like a huge mind fuck, yeah, yeah. you know, like totally. in, in wanting to not be engaging in the behaviors and continuing to be engage in them. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, but feeling like, there's some place to start where you can stop and there's a lot of people in your position and there is a lot of help out there, mm-hmm. you know, that is attainable yeah. and life is so much better if you're not in, in it. Yeah. 
Yeah. But um, being in a relationship with an addict is very challenging. Every addict knows that. It's a very dark journey. Yeah. And being a codependent or a love addict yeah. is a dark place to be, too. Yeah. Because you're in, I mean, I know from being with many addicts in my life, too, like yeah. it's not a fun journey. Yeah. Um, I actually would love to, like, we should do your questionnaire thing yeah, so after the break. Yeah, we'll take great. a quick break and then we'll do that. And I also want to talk about, um, you know, how people can take care of themselves if you are the partner of an addict um, and uh, how you can maybe get yourself out of that relationship and or if you're an addict, some of the help that you can get. Um, let's talk about that after this message. Hey guys, you're listening to Kinda Dating. I'm Natasha Chandel here with my guest, Dr. Eris Humor, and we are talking addiction and codependency today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's kind of a tough it's a tough one even yeah. to like crack some jokes about here and I there. Know, I'm, it's I'm, such I'm, a serious topic. I'm like, I want to, and then I'm like, ah, I remember how fucking much it sucked. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, if you want it to be. I agree. Yeah, there is hope. And the more you focus on the solution, Mm -hmm. the bigger the solution will get. The more you focus on the problem, the bigger the problem will get. I agree. And I'm a firm believer in that. Mm -hmm. Meaning, like, if you are like, okay, whether you're the addict, love addict, codependent in the addictive relationship, like, you don't have to be there. Like, you can take care of yourself. And there's a lot of resources for that. Yeah. You know, like codependency meetings, Mm -hmm. you know, the the, um, 12-step program is a great free resource. It's not the only resource, but it's a great place to start. Right. I was just going to say, is the 12-step program the only thing that addicts can do or take part in? No. And and there are a lot of people that aren't big fans of it, and Mm -hmm. that's okay. But there's also resistance of going there because you just don't want to face your shit. (laughs) Because I I know the one part of the 12-step program that made, um, you know, somebody that I was dating kind of weirded out was... (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I got a cough. Um, was the accountability partner mm-hmm. like? Uh, I think that is that the one sponsor. Yeah, the sponsor. Yeah, that, I think that was yeah. like sort of. Yeah, you know, I think weird... that's the best thing about yeah. it because you want to reach out for help. Yeah, I think the part that people nowadays, especially millennials, don't like as much as the God aspect Mm -hmm. of it, right? Because it's like the higher power or God. And, you know, I always tell people, look, it doesn't have to be God. You can interpret that however you want it to be. Nature, you know, the universe, universe, this chair. There's a lot of agnostics and atheists that go as well. So Mm -hmm. I always tell people, like, don't let that be the deterrent. It's more of this is your first step. To Mm -hmm. healing, and if you're healing and you get a therapist, a counselor to help you through it as well, they can show you different options. But there's definitely help out there. But if you want to Google something today, there's a bunch of questionnaires online that can, you know, that you can answer. Yeah, it's a if it's Alcoholics Anonymous, AA.org. AA.org, and you can Google it, right? So you can Google, you know, Debtors Anonymous, you can for gambling anonymous, you know, drugs, sex, eating, food. There's there's 12 step meetings and online resources for everything. The most powerful part of it is community. Yes. Because if we join community, we can help. Yeah. ourselves while we help other people yeah. and also realizing that you're not alone yeah and to in my expert opinion it's the easiest road yeah because I always tell people don't make this so difficult for yourself yeah like just go towards a solution just take one little step yeah like and the thing is that you can't actually in these situations rely on your I'm sorry to say you it's hard to rely on your loved ones for this because they're in it with you. Oh yeah, and your so loved you, ones are a bunch of codependents. Exactly. Too, so so it's they just can't a bunch of toxic yeah. <laughs> toxicity yeah. like going when, when around. I finally yeah. when it when it happened to me the third time, I said to the person, I am not your fixer. Mm-mm. I said, I can't be your therapist. I'm not here to be your mom. I'm not here to watch over you every day. I'm not here to check your shit to make sure you're not doing this, that, and the other. I just I it's not I can't do it because clearly I need help too. Mm-hmm. The fact that I'm back in this situation. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm not able to. You have to get somebody who's outside, which is why the accountability partner and the sponsor is so important. And having that community outside of this world that you feel safe in right now. Yeah. And if you're in a relationship with an addict, you want to make sure that they're really taking their recovery 
seriously, mm-hmm. you know, and because Which is the hardest part. that's the hardest part. A lot of times they'll be like, okay, I'll get clean. And it'll last like yeah. a month and they'll be like really into that's it. And then that. they'll start falling. And then, or off. they'll, or it's like sneaking in yeah. something or like here yeah. and there. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to, you know. Yeah. Um, so let's do this. You you had a questionnaire. Well, I have, yeah. For so the so this is a questionnaire for Guys, people I'm who cry are. If this ends up being me. No, yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah, I already know. I was can, like me. Yeah, you can answer. These I know questions. all of them. I'll be like, yep, mate. Right. Me. So these are some questions to ask yourself. Okay. You know, answer to yourself if you're a codependent. Like this yeah, is or or if you're a love addict Got or if you're it. codependent. Yeah, yeah. Right. Can I answer out loud? Here? Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. Just because, like, we're doing it. Okay. So, have you ever tried to control how often you would see someone romantically? This is more love addiction than codependency. There are love addicts, and there's a difference between love addiction and love. Yeah. I don't think that one is so much me. Can you clarify what you mean by control? Yes. Oh, yeah, so, cool. let me say, like, I'm going to manipulate seeing this person. Oh, no. Right. So I'm going to be like text them, you know, like I really want to see you. I'd love to see you or I'm going to accidentally run into you or I'm going to drive by your place and I'm just going to happen to see you. You know, I went through it once. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I went through it once. Yeah. Do you ever get high from romance, fantasy or intrigue? Uh, I used to. Right. So you're in these very exciting relationships where you're with an addict and you get high yourself because it's so passionate. Do you feel desperation or uneasiness when you're away from your lover lover or sexual partner? I did when I was with those people, Mm -hmm. not in any healthy relationship that I was in. Yeah. So you're like, you're insecure. They might be doing something else. And it's so weird. Or what are they doing? Or you become obsessed in your thinking about what's going on. For me, it's a very strange thing. When I'm actually in a relationship with an addict, like literally that's all that happens. Mm -hmm. When I'm in like a healthy relationship, it's like You have a life. I'm like normal. Yeah. Yeah, because. It's like weird what what feeds off of somebody else also. Like what you're both doing to each other. you're in a lo- you're not yeah. in a loving relationship yeah. you're in addictive relationship mm-hmm. and both of you are in this cycle yeah you know and so yeah it's all about the obsession and thinking about what kind of behavior they're intriguing in you know and obsessed in your own thinking mm-hmm. about what they're doing and then they're in their own right yeah, yeah obsessive yeah. pattern of thinking of whatever they're yeah. whatever behavior they're engaging yeah. in yeah it's not a fun cycle uh-huh. to be in are you unstoppable are you unable to stop seeing a specific person even though you know that person is destructive to you when i was younger and well, I, a lot of the the addictive relationships when i was younger well, when yeah. i finally well, stopped well you're not there now, yeah 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 right but yes but when you're engaged yes. in it it's like even though i know yeah. this person's bad for me i'm still yeah. going to be with them it took me a long time to stop mm-hmm. when i stopped i it, it that was hard and also when you're with an addict if you stop mm-hmm. and you know you just set a boundary like look i'm uh-huh. done i'm out they they don't often let you they don't let you leave. Or a lot of times, if you're truly honest about mm-hmm. it and they want to be in the relationship, that could be their chance yeah, in getting yeah. clean. Mm-hmm. Happens all the time. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, you know. I, um, for me, I had to tell myself when it was a destructive addict who wasn't going to help and change themselves, whatever, I, I had to cut that person off completely. And I had to tell myself, you are my weakness. Mm-hmm. So I can't, It's it was like alcohol to me. So to me, I'm was, like, yeah. I'm addicted to you. Right. I can't. Right. That's I can't do this. Addiction. So for me, I'm like, I have to be completely sober. And that means, you know, fully yeah. Yeah. cutting you off. Yeah. It's so hard. So hard. I mean, I'm grateful for it now. Yeah. <laughs> but that give it, let, let people know like how there is like you did oh, get through it. Yeah, and yeah. it's so you much better, right? And then once you're out, I'm just like, oh my God, what was, was I, I thinking? thinking? Why was I interested in this person? And yeah. why did I like to feel that way? And then it was, that was when I started my own self-discovery of being like, why did that feel normal for me? And then I started discovering what was, you know. And so then that that's 
you know, the best thing about it. Yeah, yeah. So it's not all bad. Like without that experience, maybe you couldn't really grow Mm -hmm. as much as you get to grow because you started looking at yourself. You got out and started working on yourself. That is the best thing. That's like my book. Yeah. Breakup emergency. Like just because you broke up doesn't mean it has to be a breakdown. Mm -hmm. Like you can break through and transform your life through it. You just have to take a real look at yourself in the mirror. I liked it. Yeah. 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 We'll just do a couple more. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, do you feel like you don't want anyone to know about this relationship and what's going on and you're hiding? Uh, That ends up happening a lot, a lot. Yeah, you're because embarrassed. And you're about embarrassed. Mm-hmm. You don't want the other. Per- you don't want other people to judge the person you're with. Even if you break up, sometimes like I just recently started telling some people the real reason. You know, my ex and I broke up, and it was like hard for me because I I didn't want people to judge him, and I didn't I didn't know. You know, secretly inside, to be honest, you're like, what if what if maybe we get back together? And it's sort of your excuse. You know, well, it's like, well, nobody knows the whole truth, so it's okay. Yeah, and so there's so many secrets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so yeah. many secrets in these kind of yeah. relationships. Yeah. So, yeah, they're not, it's not, you don't have to be here. Yeah. No, totally. And there's totally. a lot of people, you know, who end up being together through these difficult relationships mm-hmm. and they are so much stronger. Mm-hmm. And that's another great thing about the 12-step program because you'll see that, like the codependency and the Al-Anon meetings mm-hmm. for the people who are in the relationships with the addicts and the 12-step, you know, people who are addicts that get clean, that you'll see a lot of examples out there that they yeah. made it and they're like in amazing relationships yeah. now. And it's just about putting in the work and it doesn't have to be negative work it's all it's always positive work that you're putting in Mm -hmm. um but it's also an important thing you said it's a lifelong journey and I know like my friend's dad I had no idea the guy seems like you know I've known him since I was like 16 when we became friends the like a gentlest nicest funniest dad you could know like so sweet I found out he was an alcoholic Mm -hmm. I was like what Mm -hmm. and apparently now he's in his like 70s he still goes to AA meetings Mm -hmm. for no reason he Mm -hmm. hasn't drank in a really long time but he's like I never want to put my family through that again so no matter what every two weeks he goes for AA and just does a Mm check-in to make sure he never goes back and I'm just Mm -hmm. like that's a responsible man and that's somebody you can look up to and be like okay cool you went through a really hard time and you can respect those Mm -hmm. people because they understand this is their weakness and that weakness doesn't just go away. No, it just, it doesn't. It's a lifelong thing. Well, it, there's also an aspect of having an allergy. Like mm-hmm. you have an allergic reaction to mm-hmm. what's in it, you know? Yeah. So once you start, you can't stop. Yes. Right? Yeah. So like you just have to stay absent. Yeah. 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 Um, How can people take care of themselves if they are dating an addict? I think the most important thing is to get some help and to work on your self-esteem and really take a real look at yourself as to why you continue Mm -hmm. to stay in this relationship. You know, once again, I'm afraid of leaving this person. I'll never find love again or I love them so much. If only they would fix themselves, you know, or Mm -hmm. just feeling like this deep, deep empathy for where they're at Mm -hmm. or having hope that they're going to stop. But no, you cannot bank on that. You need to work on your self-esteem. Really take a look at yourself as to why you're here and get out. Mm-hmm. If the relationship is going to work, it will work. work. It yes. will happen. Yeah. But if you work on yourself and you have more value in who you are mm-hmm. and know that you deserve better, then yeah. you're going to attract somebody better and you'll have a healthier, more fun, yeah. fulfilling relationship in the yeah. future. Yeah. But this one's just not working. Yeah. At least definitely not in the current state. No. So you And have so, to- you know, if they will take their recovery process and getting help process yeah. seriously, yeah. then they'll do it. But in the meantime, the person who's dating and you're the partner of, you really have to, again, as somebody who's gone through this, you really have to be like, I don't control anybody else. I control me. So what help am I getting mm-hmm. for the fact that I've gotten myself in this situation? You know, like... No part of my life do I need to look at? Yeah. And so and take inventory of. Fall in love with yourself. Yes. If you can't be in love with yourself, nobody can love you. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> um, uh, 
I do want to talk about one thing before, you know, we wrap this part. Um, you said that so the behavior can change, but there are some risks, right, to it. Like you said, there are relapses. Mm-hmm. Relapses are all almost 100% guaranteed, like in the beginning. But I, I wouldn't say 100% guaranteed. No, I mean, they're very high, yeah. you know, very, very, very yeah. high percentage. Yeah. Um, but you have to understand that that could yeah. happen yeah. and that might happen, you know, so you have to really look at this person. I would definitely suggest if you're in a relationship that you continue couples therapy together, Mm -hmm. that the person is in individual therapy Mm -hmm. and really looking at themselves as well as doing some other support group on the side, you know, and then you can look at how stable this person is. Because look at your friend's father, for example, you know, like he made it. There's a lot of people that do make it. Yeah. Um, A lot of people that don't relapse, Mm -hmm. but you have to really just look at this person and how much they're evolving besides not just engaging in that behavior. Because if they're not looking at themselves and growing and really evolving within themselves, then there's more likely to be a relapse. If they're Because a lot of people just quit. They'll go to rehab. They'll come out of rehab. They haven't worked on themselves and they relapse. Right. And then this is like a forever cycle. That yeah. happens all the time. Uh-huh. But for people who are honest and humble about their stuff, there's, yeah. you know, more likely that they'll succeed yeah yeah um eris thank you so much for talking to us about um addiction and codependency thank you for having but me. we're also going to guys um this is a three-part series so you know check uh eris's episode on uh red flags and we're doing one on uh forms of sex addiction um so that's uh, another one you should listen to but if you are going through again uh some form of an addiction or maybe are dating somebody who is check out um the resources online uh, example uh alcohol Alcoholics Anonymous, which is like aa.org, or check out, uh, you know, Google any of those, um, the kind of anonymous groups. And I think there are uh, lots of uh, opportunities to get some help. Absolutely. And I also own a counseling center and we do counseling and coaching around the world. We have our headquarters here in Los Angeles. So if you go to secondchancescounseling.com, we can definitely help you there. So feel free to check that out. Yes, please do. Um, Eris, how can people find you again on socials? So you can go to Dr. Eris and Divorce Doctor. On all uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You got it. Cool. Um, Dr. Eris is D-R Eris and Divorce Doctor is spelled out. And... um, We already did your five questions in the Red Flags episode. It's kind of awesome, guys. You should really go back and listen to it. Um, Also, follow us on socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Kinda Dating. And Kinda Dating is presented by Meltdown Comics. Come visit us at 7522 Sunset Boulevard here in L.A. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. And please take a few seconds and review us on iTunes and download the rest of our shows. Also, we love hearing your dating stories. Um, So please send it to us, kindadating at gmail.com. And finally, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. The show is produced by myself and Mason Booker, who's also the audio engineer. Our associate producer is Aisha Holden. Opening music composed by Joe Lorenzetti. And our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yannick and K. Daniel Ellis.